welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. All right, I wanted to start off by saying that I have so, so, so much apologize for not coming out with an episode last week. I was totally not feeling good, um, kind of still really am not, but the problem is now not nearly as bad. So I thought this would be a perfect opportunity to kind of start what I wanted to call a mini-sode, and it's when I kind of talk about a small little subject that I always get questions on, but I don't think it would be nearly as long as a usual episode. So this first mini-sode, I'm going to be kind of talking about work and school balance and kind of some tips and tricks that I use to kind of stay as balanced as I can. So I'm going to start out by preferencing that (laughs) nobody is going to have things perfectly balanced. And if they're telling you that, they are lying. There are times when things kind of get out of whack or even times where you feel are a bit more busy than others like let's be real the end of the year for me as a fifth grade teacher is absolutely insane because all the fifth grade students have millions of things to do before they go to sixth grade I have grades to input for the middle schoolers I have IE or I have transitional meetings for kids that are going up to sixth grade we have fifth grade party we have like all these millions of events that they could do and so I'm constantly feeling stressed no matter how organized I am so I'm not (laughs) saying this is going to be your end all be all plan, but I'm saying these tips are kind of things that can kind of help you, I guess, not feel as stressed or to kind of prioritize when you are stressed. Okay. So the first thing I like to do, and I mean, this, some of these things might be like, well, duh, or maybe if it doesn't work out for you, you can use kind of a different technique. Okay. So the first thing I like to do is I like to write down everything on my phone calendar. And I know this sounds dumb, but What's cool about the phone calendar is you can actually set it to remind you when you want it to. Um, And so that's the part that I use the most. Um, I typically like to have it remind me the day before things. You can have it remind you an hour before, 20 minutes before, 15 minutes before, a couple hours before, a week before. Um, And it's just kind of nice because it's there I know sometimes we maybe forget small little things like, oh, I have an IEP tomorrow morning that I have to be there for early. So I put it in my calendar. And what it's going to do is it's going to remind me the time that I tell it to, which is kind of nice because I think we all kind of need that little reminder here and there. Um, Like I said, I do this for IEPs as well as reminders for me to even go work out or for me to leave. I will set an alarm um, that goes off at 3.30 or whatever time you want to leave that just says, go home. (laughs) And I know a lot of people do this, but what it does is it's kind of telling you like, okay, you've been here long enough. It's time for you to go home. Um, and one of the best things that one of my professors told me when I was getting my credential was because as teachers, let's be real, we kind of some, maybe some of us, I'm not going to speak for all of us feel like you have to stay super late or when you're working after school, you look at the clock and you realize how late it is. Um, and my professor kind of told me this one little tip and it kind of always kind of stuck with me. Um, choose one day to stay later. So, or a time that if staying later, if it's not work for you, maybe you come in on the weekend. I typically do not like to do that because I commute, but picking one day to kind of stay later and 
kind of sticking to that and every other day you're kind of rushing to kind of get out of there by your contractual hours. And the next thing that's kind of cool too is I actually share a calendar with my husband. So like I'll plug in dates that I need to stay late. Like, oh, this is our steam night or these are my conferences. So, you know, I'm going to be home a little later. And it's nice because it pops up on his feed too. And it's, then it's really cool because then he'll share things that he's doing. And so it's like a way of us keeping track of what we're doing without having to actually communicate um, and just kind of know like, oh, she's got a thing tonight. I'll make sure I don't have to worry about cooking dinner for him or vice versa. Um, and so if you have a significant other or a family, I really, really strongly think it's a really great thing to do. You don't have to share all things. In fact, I create a couple different calendars. I create one for just work things that like he kind of maybe really doesn't need to know about, like the IUPs or the meetings or little things that wouldn't aren't going to really necessarily affect our day-to-day. But what I do is I'll share the one that... I call it like our our life calendar and I'll share things that I have going on with not only school events, but like my personal events with friends, family, um, and we'll map out vacations and stuff that way. And it's just kind of nice to kind of keep, keep track of those things. Okay. So with the phone calendar, um, I also kind of want to go ahead and kind of tell you this weekends. I think feel, I feel like need to be kind of for you to I don't want to say recover because that's not necessarily the word that I'm looking for, but for you to, I'm just going to say it, recover for the next week. Okay. So this is the time or the week, the time that you should be doing the thing that kind of makes you happy and energized and refreshed for the following week. So if that's hanging out by yourself, if that's getting your nails done, if that's hanging out with your family, if that's hanging out with your friends, that's the types of things that you need to be doing. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's an occasional weekend where my husband's gone, where I'll work on things either for teachers pay teachers or for my classroom or for a room transformation, but that's not every single weekend. Um, and I feel like if you do keep up that pace of trying to work, 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 constantly work on things over the weekend, um, you will find that you're very, very burnt out by probably December. It gets really tough if you're constantly thinking about work, you're really getting no outlet and you'll find that you're con- like you're tired and you kind of almost feel like you can't catch up because you're almost creating more work for yourself. I know this sounds really dumb, but you're not giving your brain kind of a chance to take a break and to take that refresher. And sometimes taking a break, you guys, is sometimes more important than working through it because taking a break leaves you, like I said, refreshed and ready and excited. Nothing's worse than when you show up to work and you're like not excited for the day. Um, I personally never let want that to happen. So I'm constantly making sure I'm checking in with myself and taking the much needed breaks um, that I need. So speaking of family, one thing that me and my husband started doing, and I actually got this idea from a Rachel Hollis podcast, if you guys listen to her, she is absolutely incredible. Um, But I read her book and I listened to her podcast and she said something along the lines of how her and her husband always have a date night where no matter what, they go on this date night and nothing kind of nothing infringes on this date night. Um, and so I kind of incorporated that to mine and my husband's lifestyle. So every single Friday, no matter what, um, now occasionally, like obviously if we're going on vacation, we are together anyway. So it's not like we need to take that Friday, right? We are taking that Friday technically, or if there's a wedding that pops up on that Friday or something that is out of our control, um, obviously we don't go, but it is literally every Friday we go to this one restaurant. We know the bartender, we know the, um, 
the chef. We know everybody there, and it's just so nice. And we've actually became really good friends with one of the servers, and now we actually hang out with him and his family. Um, and it's just really cool to and we to have that, and we get excited for it. And I know Friday nights maybe not be your thing for everybody, but for me, it's probably the best <laughs> the best night because. I know I have nothing going on the next day, so I can really relax. We'll get our sushi. We'll get our sushi on, and it's like right on the water um, overlooking Huntington Beach, and it's just nice, calm, relaxing, and kind of just what I feel like I need um, after a long week. Um, and if you heads up, if you guys have ever been there, it's um, called Bear Flag. It's uh, over in the Pacific City area. It's absolutely amazing. Honestly, anything you get there is incredible, and the prices are actually not too, too bad. And so that's kind of our one splurge, go out um, and eat. And my husband and I, we actually never really go out to eat. We actually cook everything. And I, again, talking about work and school working and uh, home life balance, I am very, very privileged to say that my husband does cook us dinner every night. Um, I mean, there's occasionally where I'll pick up a slack and I'll cook dinner. Um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with this, but he's actually a physical therapist and he's actually going to school right now to finish out his doctorate. So every other weekend, he's actually gone to school all the way down in San Marcos. And so on those nights, that's usually kind of when I'll pick up the slack and I'll cook dinner. If he has a late night studying, um, that's usually when I, and I'm not that I'm a bad cook, but I, I think he's way, way better than I am. He's just naturally talented at it, and I have to have a recipe in front of me. So that's the type of person. I'm also a perfectionist, and so if the recipe calls for half of a cup, it needs to be exactly half of a cup, where he'll just kind of dash it in, and it really bothers me. But all of his stuff tastes amazing and way better than mine naturally ever would. <laughs> okay, so now that I've been on, on that tangent, so... Another thing is you kind of need to kind of just schedule, and I'm not saying that everything is always done, like house my house chores and stuff. Like if y'all were to go into my laundry room right now, it would be literally, I got a laundry basket full right now. I'm not even gonna lie, um, but kind of the one thing that kind of helps me week to week is I kind of think of what days. I need to do laundry and me and my husband, we go through a lot of clothes. So I'm just saying this works best for me. I kind of try to do one load a night and it kind of makes it not seem like a huge stack on Sunday. Um, and I'm just gonna let you know right now, laundry is not my game. It is my least favorite chore. And so I really have to get my head in the game to do it. And I feel like by just doing one little load a day, is way better than me trying to sit there and do it and fold it. Like there's just something about folding laundry that is just so monotonous and irritating and I just dislike it. Like throwing it in the washer and throwing it in the dryer is one thing, but folding it and putting it away is literally the worst thing ever. Um, and so just kind of doing those types of chores and kind of figuring out, okay, what works best for you? Like for example, dishes I'm very good at. I actually like doing it. Um, and those, like, I just kind of make sure it's loaded up at night. I press wash. It's washing overnight. And I unload in the morning as I'm kind of getting ready. Um, and just kind of the more you have, like, prepped and ready to go, I guess you can say, the easier it is to kind of go from your day to day. Um, I personally make my lunch every night. It's a little bit easier than, like, again, doing it all on Sunday. I'm not a huge do it all for the rest of the week. I'm kind of do it day by day kind of thing. And for the most part, my lunches and stuff are just going to be leftovers, 
fairly simple soups, salads, nothing crazy. I have a microwave in my room, so it's really easy to just kind of throw it in my microwave and heat it up. Um, I also have a fridge in my classroom, so it makes it easy to kind of keep keep my lunches in there. Um, but if that's not a choice for you, um, I know many schools have staff um, staff uh, fridges, and I think it's just easier to kind of bring your lunch and again, kind of be a little bit healthier that way than having to go out to lunch. And don't get me wrong, me and my team, we go out every Friday again to kind of celebrate the end of the week um, and to kind of reward ourselves and kind of have it again, a change of scenery um, and kind of that that really helps us kind of push through uh, the rest of the week. Okay, so now I want to kind of jump to one of my hardest things for myself to do, and that is uh, knowing when to say no. (laughs) I am such a people pleaser. People ask me for things, and I just immediately say yes, 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 yes. And then I get so stressed that I don't know what to do first. Um, So if that's you, then you definitely need to listen to this. Um, it is okay to say, to say no to people. And I've just, I've learned that when you say, no, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You're not necessarily letting that person down. You're almost like doing it for you. And so I saw this quote, it says, sometimes saying no to others is saying yes to yourself. And yes, oh my goodness, that sounds so, so cheesy, but by saying no to people, sometimes you are allowing yourself to not use up all of your time. So if you're sitting here and you're like me and I double book people, I do things where I'm just like, sometimes I sign up for way too many things and I'm thinking in my head, why did I do this? Um, when it gets down to it. And when you're in that moment, I want you to remember how you feel so that you can look back and know that it's okay to say no. And so that's the, that's the feeling that I like to think of every time someone asks me to do something and I already kind of know my plate's a little bit full that month. Like, you know what, Haley, in March, you really do have a lot of things going on. We're doing state testing. We're doing this, we're doing that. So if there's a leadership position whose event is in March, it's okay to say no. And the reason why it's okay to say no, you guys, especially if it's like, you know, adjunct duties or leadership positions, if you don't take on it, somebody else will. And I know a lot of times we think that, oh, if I don't, if I don't take this on, nobody else is going to do it. And this was the biggest thing. Um, my mother-in-law had a really tough time with like, she's Mrs. Again, like kind of like me, Miss people pleaser, always trying to kind of fill in the, the voids where kind of people don't pick up the slack, if that makes sense. Um, and she kind of quickly found out she was getting a little stressed, a little overtired that, you know what, if I don't automatically always do this position, if I kind of take it back, somebody else is going to take your place. And that kind of goes through, um, with grading and taking things home. I know many of us constantly think like, Oh, if I don't bring it home, or if I don't grade it, then I'm always going to get behind. Um, and so, I think if you use your time wisely, you won't kind of be stuck in that. So for example, I make sure, and this sounds, this is not bad, but I, as soon as the kids leave, I lock my door. I don't want any parents walking by to come in. I don't want other teachers coming in to distract me and start talking. And so I kind of get down to it. I play some music and kind of pop out grading. Um, we are lucky enough for upper grade. We have a prep period. Um, our kids go to music and PE every other day. So instead of kind of lollygagging and talking with 
my colleagues and wandering around school and forgetting what I was supposed to do, I will sit there and kind of power through grading so I don't have to necessarily bring a big old stack with me when I get home. And I kind of just started this whole policy, but if I don't finish, God forbid, you guys, you don't finish grading all the papers in that one day, it's okay to leave it at school. It will be there tomorrow. And so knowing that, that's kind of helped me distress a little bit and almost kind of, it almost did the opposite. I feel like I'm way more on top of my grading now and I haven't brought home a single stack. And that's kind of my goal as I never want to bring home papers. Um, and I guess was saying that I'm kind of cheat a little bit because I do kind of 50, 50 digital, um, digital learning. And so sometimes I'll have things online, but to me, that's a little bit easier grading than having to sit there and grade with a pen and paper. Um, I'll put up my favorite show. I'll sit on the couch with my husband. I'll pound out some grading on there while I'm sitting with him and interacting with him. Um, and with Google classroom, it's just so easy to kind of click, drag, give their comments, give, um, give the feedback and send it back. Um, and I didn't have to bring, bring a big old stack, um, with me. And again, I kind of pick and choose when the time is right. Like if there's a big writing benchmark that I need to grade because it needs to be graded by a certain day, those are the types of things I make sure to make a priority. Not so much like a little quiz. And here's something for you too that I had learned from my credential program. If your kids are able to help you grade it, you bet your bottom dollar you are having them help you grade it. Um, My kids grade pretty much everything except for their unit tests. So I have them grade their own homework, um, which I actually learned in a gate training is very valuable for kids to grade their own homework. They need to see which mistakes they're making um, and kind of see it right away. And I have my homework just literally be credit, no credit. So I walk around first before we grade it just to check to see if it's done. And then after it's done, then the kids grade it. I, if they're changing their answers, I make a very strong point to my students that if you're changing your answers, it's really you're really cheating yourself not the system, because I'm going to think, oh, Johnny's understanding the homework, he's getting it, and then when I give you a first quiz, I see that you totally bomb it, and I'm very confused. And so I could have, that whole time we were doing these lessons, I could have been giving you help, but because you cheated and you didn't, you changed the answer, now you now we're back a whole couple weeks. And so the kids, and I teach fifth grade, they, they're pretty understanding, and so they're pretty honest, and um I do a lot of understanding checks like, okay, hold up a five, four, three, two, or one on how you felt on last night's homework. Um, you can do this also with a quick um, quick pull through Nearpod or a quick check-in in the morning through Google Forms just to kind of see like, oh, how did you feel on the homework? Um, why did you feel that way? And it's just kind of a good way for me to kind of check really quickly too, like a quick assessment of like how I, they think they did. Um, and I usually have it, so a five means you know it so well that you could teach the class. A four means you know it, um, but you obviously wouldn't feel like super comfortable teaching everybody. Um, A three is you know it when you have an example in front of you, so like a little model or a little cheat sheet. A two is you kind of really don't know it, but you know it maybe when there's someone sitting there helping you. Um, And then a one I always say is like you do not know it at all, like with help, with a model, with anything. And so they just hold this at their chest um, just for me to see. It's not necessarily for their partners to see. Um, and I just I just kind of love doing that. 
another way to kind of help you, I guess, save time in the classroom. So we talked about grading, kids self-grading, which is, it's actually very important and very beneficial. And then right now, and then I'll do the whole switch papers with somebody like, um, with our little quick quizzes, because those are a little bit more, I really can't have them cheating on those. I'll have them switch the partner and grade, but that's not as formal as I would say as a, as a test. Um, I personally don't put the quizzes in the grade book. I use them for me as a measure of checking their understanding. Um, and the kids, I feel like, feel more inclined to tell me the truth when I tell them. Um, these are ones that it's just for me to see how we're doing. Um, they don't, and I feel like it helps kind of relax my kids that have test anxiety. Um, <laughs> and so, again, they're helping me grade that. So, another thing too is if you have. Um, tests or quizzes that are multiple choice, or even if they're essay questions, it kind of saves you some time. I actually turned all of my science tests and English language quizzes into Google Forms. And yes, this took me a hot second to make, and I feel like it's counteracting you, giving you more work, but in the long run, you get to save these quizzes year to year. And for the most part, especially if it's all multiple choice and you have it select the right answers, um, it will actually grade the tests for you. Mind you, not the written responses. Those you would have to go back in and check. But say it's a test with five questions and four of them are multiple choice and one is an essay question. Hey, that's four less questions you have to check on your own. And now you're just checking the written response. And I usually rate those at a three. So you get a three for restating the answer, answering the question and citing your evidence. And they'll get two for not having one of those things things and then a one if it's not a complete sentence. Um, and so it's just kind of easy. I'm quickly checking. It doesn't really take too long. And I actually, you can save your feedback on Google Classroom um, so that you can just like kind of click which feedback you want to send back. And a new feature that they just added, which is pretty cool, is you can actually upload test questions from previous tests. So if there's a certain question that you like that you want to add it to a new quiz, you can you can do that. So it almost kind of creates starts to create a little question bank for yourself. Um, and so again, so that one's kind of like it takes a lot a little bit of time. But in the long run, it saves you a whole bunch of time. And if you use Aries like our school does, you can actually sync your Google Classroom with your grade book. So all I do is click kind of two buttons and it syncs the, the grades that I gave the kids in Google Classroom. So again, that's saving me time kind of inputting. And so if you guys have not noticed, the number one thing that I like to try and do is kind of save time when you can have the kids do things when they can. Like at the end of the school day, you better not be picking up after the students. If they are not leaving your classroom pristine, perfect, you make them clean. So some, and sometimes my kids are really good at it. I don't have to say anything. And sometimes I'll look around and I'm like, you guys, this is not acceptable. And so my kids will rush around to make sure it's clean and it's to your standards. Um, I'll make my kids pick up trash off the ground. I don't want to be picking up things. Like I always joke with them. I'm not your mom. I'm not here to pick up after you guys. You guys are need to be responsible and to gain those independence. And you guys should be picking up after yourselves. And so I kind of almost make it into a game. Like, okay, you guys, depending on how much trash is on the floor, mind you, we're all going to pick up 10 pieces of trash off the ground or 10 things off the ground if I see there's like pencils and stuff. Um, and so they'll all kind of run around and they have to show me their things for it to count. And so I'll count off like one, two, three. Oh, but I got to 28. Two people didn't do their job. I'm waiting for those two people. And so they're like, Ugh, rushing around and doing it. But at the same time, you guys, if you have 30 hands, 
use them when you can because it will save you so, 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 so much time. And with that, I think that concludes our fair, our very first mini-sode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I will probably do one little mini-sode a month just to kind of give you guys a little bit of a tip but not having to elongate it to be longer than is necessary. And so with that, if you are listening to this on a Tuesday, I hope you're having a terrific Tuesday. And if you are not, I hope you're having a terrific day in general. Um, you guys are all amazing edu- educators and I hope you know that and keep it up and I will see you guys next time. So I guess this is it till next time. Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more, the merrier. Thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to see you guys next time.